And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend, Remzo Martinez. It's always a great time talking to Remzo. Uh, yeah, we, we, we covered a lot. Not a lot of Rona talk today. I uh, kind of needed a break from that, but I think you will enjoy it. Uh, before we get to Remzo, uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you want to get involved with the show, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with the great Remzo Martinez. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Remzo Martinez. Remzo, brother, how you doing? Coming to you from the wasteland that is post-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm doing oh, pretty boy. well. The boogaloo has not commenced, so I'm just sitting here waiting. But other than that, doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, how are you passing the time these days? Just a lot, you know. I, I I like my job, so it's not not norm. It's not it's not abnormal of me to do like log into work and work on some things off hours. I'm not getting paid just because I enjoy doing it. But like, it, I've I've been trying to set up routines to kind of keep me busy. I have been working out more, which is something I probably have to say in public, so that way I feel more obligated to do so when I. I don't feel like doing it, but, um, I mean, this has been a time where, you know, I had, I had to really ask myself cause I got kind of down a bit, you know, down a little bit the last couple of weeks. I've just, just been like, Oh, I kind of miss my routines. I miss people. I miss, I miss things doing well. I miss making my full income. But, uh, I mean, I, I had to tell myself, you know, you have a choice as to whether or not you're going to come out of this worse off or better off. So, I mean, I've just been hustling, trying to try and make as much extra money as I can try and just, you know, do what I can so that way I can come out of this and say, wow, I really took advantage of the time I had. So, you know, I'm trying. I'm not always great at it, but I'm trying. Well, you're obviously smarter than me. I've basically been using all of my time uh, just killing animals for food. That's kind of like my thing. Like as soon as I'm done with the podcast, I'm going fishing, and this will be the third time in four days I went fishing. And I also just got a, a trap for my backyard. It's not hunting season or anything here. But I did get a trap, so I'm going to start trapping, like, squirrels and rabbits and killing them for food as well, so. You know, I think there's a virtue in that, though, because, like, while I I, I certainly do get annoyed by people online who are like, oh, I'm going to be extremely productive, this is also just a time for a lot of people just to connect with what they like doing, so that way they feel some enjoyment. And even there's some virtue in rest. Like, I know a lot of people that have said, I just have not slept. I have not taken care of myself for a while. I'm just taking this extra time to rest. So I really think as long as you're doing something that you're enjoying and that's giving you some purpose, irregardless as to what it is, it's better than people that are just sitting around watching Netflix all day. Oh, for sure. And I have, uh, I mean, I have been watching some Netflix. I just finished. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you see Extraction? I did not. I just finished uh, Waco, though. Have you seen Waco? Oh, my God. Waco. Waco was insane. Yeah, I man. lived outside of Waco, Texas for two years. I knew a little bit about what happened, so I always knew the ATF kind of screwed up there, but 
watching Waco on Netflix a week ago. Like I've been bugging my family to watch it. It's it's an insane series. Yeah, man. I mean, as a good libertarian, I mean, I obviously knew the story and everything, but uh, <laughs> but I I was just shocked that that film was made. I mean, like it was all accurate, dude. I mean, like they didn't leave out. Oh, the, the, the one the one thing. The one thing I will say, and I when I saw this, I got I kind of got pissed off. This isn't a spoiler because the show's been out for two years, and this shit that happened in 1993, so it's history. So no spoilers, folks. But that scene where the one uh, ATF FBI agent is running to try and save the women and children from burning alive, and he starts crying when he realizes that they're all dead. That didn't happen. There are photos of fucking ATF agents standing in front of the smoldering corpses of the Branch Davidian. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there obviously little stuff like that didn't actually happen, but it was like, I, I was just kind of shocked that even like a lefty network like Netflix would put out this much accurate information against the federal government. Like, I I thought it would they'd kind of be more favorable to the government, and they weren't. I mean, they they didn't really pull many punches. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend that to the audience if you haven't seen it yet, especially if you're like a moron and don't know the story of what happened. Uh, back in 1993 definitely check it out but um all right so let's do let's jump into what uh we need to discuss here today um tell me if i'm wrong but i think the left and even some parts of the right are using this crisis as an opportunity to stage an all-out assault on libertarianism itself i mean i think they are and they'll continue to try pushing us out of the mainstream i guess if we were ever a part of the mainstream um just by making people more dependent on government than they ever were before I just think everything we stand for is under attack right now, man. And I, I don't just mean these governors and running roughshod over the Constitution and infringing on civil liberties. I mean, the, the left is making its case to the nation that big government and the destruction of the Bill of Rights is here to stay. And honestly, I think a lot of people are just going to go along with that. What do you think? I, I, I agree. But I mean, I think that some people, because we're in the middle of the situation, aren't taking, you know, a few steps back at and trying to look at this in a more long-term view like everyone's treating it right now like it's apocalypse now but i have a nickname for like this explicit campaign by both the the right and the left to go after libertarians specifically i've been calling it like uh the apocalypse elmo syndrome it's like it's a big deal but when you really listen to the complaints like it's really juvenile elementary stupid shit right like it's all oh libertarians just want all out you know people licking toilet seats and snorting cocaine off each other and having coronavirus parties it's like who where are you getting this who is saying that give me an example and it's like well just just because just because and it's like just because there's nothing like did you take like basic high school debate classes like this is you, you actually need some evidence to back up these stupid claims and i mean it's coming from both people that self-identify as concerned conservatives and liberals and i mean if anything like yeah there's a lot of bad going on right now but i mean you look at the history of pandemics and total collapses and you know rises of totalitarian regimes like we've been doing pretty good right now like if this is the worst thing we're gonna have to deal with our lifetime alone it's still not as bad as what other countries go to go through on a semi-regular basis i think the problem is that we are just really vulnerable and sensitive to a lot of things because good times create soft people ultimately, especially the longer they go on. But 
what we see a lot of is a, a lot of people trying to create victimhood because they are tired of other people, like actual people dying of coronavirus, getting attention. So they try and create victims. And in order to create victims, you also have to aim at somebody who's creating the victims, the actual person and that's trying to mess up your life. And the fact that people are going after libertarians in this sense, it really shows how spoiled, how self-entitled, and how stupid some people really are. Because if you're going after the one segment of society that literally has done nothing to you, that shows that you have really nothing <laughs> else definition. to complain about. Yeah, so I mean, it's Apocalypse Elmo syndrome. It's don't be a little bitch syndrome. It's it's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I mean, look at how... They're demonizing the people who are peacefully protesting their state and local governments. You know, like Gretchen Whitmer, the communist, ridiculous cartoon character governor of Michigan, she called the protesters in Lansing this week racist. Said if you protest her, you're a racist. Which is isn't weird. she white? She's white as shit, dude. I mean, she's like white. Yeah, like I want to make sure we're still thinking of the same. Person. Oh yeah, like, she's an abnormally. She's like paper pasty white. Yeah, I mean she's. She's as white as the first Icelandic snowfall of this of the season. <laughs> okay, but if you pro, if you protest her tyranny and her authoritarianism, you're a racist. Like that. That's really what these people are going with. It's it's laughable. I mean, they're they're running out of arguments, and I mean, this is this is why I'm proud to proud to be an American because we we live such good lives, just by and large. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm painting pretty liberally here, but like when we have to make up actual villains, I think we're we're doing we're we're doing pretty well. But I mean, in this case where it's where it's like you know people like her. Are you know just coming down with like these total commie solutions to things? That's when we should really be paranoid. And even if you're on the left and you think, oh, you know, you're 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 part of the whole curve flattener religion at this point, where you know wearing a mask outside is almost an act of devotion to this false idea that that's going to go ahead and stop the spread. Like you should be concerned about what governors do like that because what we do is we focus too much on the party and the person and we focus less on the corruption of power by the position that's what's really going to be the long-lasting impact the amount of power and authority so many of these governors across the country have been able to ride into their jobs and have been able to siege and whether or not they're ever going to give that back because government is the only thing that grows when it makes mistakes it's the only thing that um, you know, gets bigger when it should be getting smaller. We should be worrying about, you know, what's going to happen two years from now as a re result of the decisions we're making now. But no, people just want to say libertarian, bad, wear a mask, you're killing old people. Yeah, it's just funny, man, that they've all turned their guns on libertarians as well. I mean, like, I, I mean, the libertarian party is a joke. Um, they're a bunch of morons and they, don't, they do the libertarian movement no favors at all. Um, because they're just silly people. Dude, I, I but, have I have just stopped. I, I've stopped writing about them. I've just stopped at this point. Even with just Amash <laughs> jumping into the race, I'm like, there's no... I actually don't... And, and this is coming from somebody that wrote for years about inter-libertarian party politics, and I, I wrote a freaking book about it, folks. Like, I don't see anything substantially interesting right now no. coming out of them. But, like, libertarianism more generally... Like, all, all libertarianism is is non-aggression and property rights. I mean, that's all libertarianism is. It's just non-aggression, meaning you shouldn't bring aggression upon someone who hasn't first brought aggression upon you. 
and we're the bad guys? <laughs> what? If you don't want unjust aggression, you're bad? Like, what kind of bonkers, upside-down world are these morons living in? It, it, I mean, it's it's what I mentioned earlier. We have to create villains. We have to create problems where there are no problems. There was there, there's that there's that dude John John what's his name from the Blaze. He does the oh, this the, guy this guy yeah that that yeah. dude. I like he he sent out a tweet the other day saying burn Ayn Rand at the stake and it's like well one she's dead, two that's actually promoting the idea that if she were alive you'd want to murder her secondly how has i i unless unless your parents are part of like an objectivist cult where they were also swingers in the 60s how has she ever negatively impacted your life i don't know apparently well as a fair capitalism is bad to some conservatives he, he's the type of he, he's the type of person that would say that the atf burning down the branch davidian compound was it's a good thing. That's that's basically following his logic. He's the type of person that would say, you know, maybe if they just, you know, weren't doing what they were doing, they wouldn't have died a burning, smoldering death. And it's like that's such reverse backwards logic. You have to create problems that aren't there. I mean, if you believe that, though, I don't think you, you you're not a good person. You know what I mean? Like some some even political beliefs. You just can't hold those beliefs and still be a good human being. Like, I, I hated how the whole, like, even people on the right were like, oh, Bernie's for the last, like, four years now. Oh, Bernie Sanders, he's a crazy commie, but he's a nice guy. Like, I don't know, man. If you want to enslave the entire American population, you're not a good person. Like, it, that's, I, uh, that's just evil. That's pure, unadulterated evil. And no, you, you're, you're evil. If you want me to be your slave, you're evil because slavery is wrong and, and communism and slavery are synonymous. So, like, I just... It's some opinion, like if you're on the side of the ATF in the Waco situation, you're you're a bad human. Like it's there's no two ways about it. Yeah, and I mean I've seen people who are libertarian, conservative, even some left wingers that were like watching that show, and they're like, "Damn, I I I don't know how I feel at this point." I mean, I was watching uh I, I was watching Doctor Zhivago last night, and that's one of my favorite favorite books um i i love the old film i was watching the two ta- 2002 version not that any of that matters but like i know a lot of lefties who love um you know the idea the, the the idea of the russian revolution and they like the idea of socialism and for some weird reason of all the books in terms of russian literature they like they like dr Zhivago, and they've almost never read the gulag archipelago and i think that's really interesting but like the thing that I don't get is how can you say you like Dr. Zhivago and you're a leftist and you think Lenin was a good guy and that socialism should be tried again anew. That entire book is about basically taking people out of their lives and forcing them at gunpoint to do what you want for a cause that they don't believe. Zhivago in the book is a doctor who's trying to run away from the war between the the white Bolsheviks, the, the white army of the Bolsheviks and the red army of the proletariat. And he ends up being kidnapped by the Russians who were taught, I mean, by the communists who are screaming about equality and screaming about rights and all this other stuff. And they basically say, if you're not the doctor for our soldiers who are wounded, we're going to kill you. And we might also kill your family. It's like, how can you read that? Say that's your favorite book. And then say that you like everything that they were espousing. You're basically saying you, you liked the good guy. You didn't like the bad guy because of some personal issues you had with them, but the bad guys are ultimately right. Like that makes no, 
no freaking sense. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have your spine removed so you can adequately twist yourself up into a pretzel. That's some hardcore, like, Olympic-level mental gymnastics. Yeah, man. (laughs) All right, dude, so look, I'm going to abruptly, just abruptly, out of left field, change topics here. Um, Because I saw the best, most glorious headline in the New York Times this morning. And I want to read it for you and for the audience. Because it's just... It's just the best. It's the best thing I'm I've waiting. ever seen. I am ready. This is from the New York Times. Quote, crying on the job used to be considered a liability, but during the pandemic, the rules of crying in public have changed. I think I'd be worried about anyone who hasn't teared up in the last month, said CNN's Brian Stelter. Unquote. So apparently this is the future that the libs want, man. A world where men are women, women are women, dogs are women. Everything and everyone is a woman. Your thoughts? I, I take it all back. I was not ready for that level of... I, I don't know how to describe it. Bitchness. It's... I like that. Let, let's let, let's stick with that. That is... You know what they're doing <laughs> in England right now? Like on a daily basis at like uh, 6 p.m. or something, they're having everybody around London London go outside their homes despite the stay-at-home orders, and they're having them clap for the NHS. I almost feel yeah. like wearing a mask and being a total a total loser in the situation is almost like the new civil religion. And they're just riding the dogma on a daily basis. Yeah. I don't know how anyone can... Say that out loud, not hear how ridiculous it sounds. That's basically saying, that's basically telling people you're a victim. And the thing is, like, I don't see myself as a victim at all. I don't know really anybody else, unless people who have corona and are, you know, sick because of it. Those are the only actual victims I can think of. But, like, I I know, like, you know, I've had some austere changes to my life right now that, I don't like, but I don't see that as victimhood. I just see that as something that happens. You know, Marcus Aurelius in his book Meditation says that the obstacle in the path is the path. Right. And I know people who are like, you know, they, they lost their jobs because of this. They didn't get furloughed. They just got completely laid off. Like and they and they still have dignity and they still have their pride and they are trying to get something positive out of this in some way, shape, or form. This is this is basically telling people to basic. I I don't I don't even I don't understand it. I just you know I'm just gonna say I don't understand how they come to these conclusions. Oh, can we just somebody real quick... had to think that, and then somebody had to actually write that, and then editor thought, oh, this is worth it. I mean, Brian Stelter from CNN has been bragging about how much of a crybaby he is for weeks now. Oh, I've known that so... since he went on the air. But like, just for the audience, if anybody's confused at home, let's just go down the list of like acceptable situations for a grown ass man to cry. I mean, like the death of a family member or close friend, obviously. Uh, I know neither one of us have children, but I'd imagine the birth of your first child, I think, is an acceptable reason to cry. Uh, Maybe after that, don't. But if it's like your firstborn, you know, I can definitely see that. You know, that one scene in Rudy, maybe. I guess can make the list. I mean, is there anything else off the top of your head? But certainly not. Uh, what American the left Sniper. Is talking about. I yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, maybe that Lone Survivor. 
like I don't know, seeing somebody come back from war. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I have a friend who years ago his his mother died when he was very young, and he basically he he grew up with his father, and his father wasn't around often, but his father was basically like, you know, you've got you've got few minutes to cry and then you need to move on because if you cry past that you're never gonna stop and i get that and even for people that you know they they've lost a ton of money they've lost a lot of opportunities i get it when you become so emotionally invested in something the heat of the moment the passion of the moment comes up i get it but there has to be a point where you're like i'm done i i can no longer shed any tears they will do nothing but harm me mentally physically emotionally brian stelter hasn't lost anything he still has a job he makes millions of dollars a year and him and his family are completely healthy and safe so what's, yeah, he, like what's the, he crying about maybe he should have gone and watched the video of all the celebrities singing that commie theme song imagine <laughs> <laughs> imagine all the people literally the worst song crying in the history of rock and roll in the streets <laughs> they're giant pussies wow <laughs> yeah i can keep going Dude, I've used this example on the podcast before, but it's it's just it fascinates me. Like I, I literally cannot imagine being a Democrat. Because even if you're like a macho man, like a man's man, you have to pretend to be a little bitch because it'll help you get democratic votes. And then they wonder why they lose like Ohio. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like the best example is Cory Booker. And I, I've used Cory Booker, the senator, the Democratic senator from New Jersey, as an example Spartacus. several times. Spartacus. But the thing is, like He's actually like a badass, okay? Like, he went to Stanford on a football scholarship. He was, was a legitimate, elite-level D1 athlete. He was the starting tight end and team captain at Stanford, okay? So, like, Cory Booker would knock you unconscious with one punch. Like, he's a, he's a legitimate man's man. And his public persona, like, he, look, his college years were spent giving other grown men CTE. Okay, <laughs> just like, flatlining dudes, like catching passes and running over poor cornerbacks and safeties, giving them brain damage, knocking them out cold. Okay, that's what he did in college. But his public persona is like this little male feminist bitch who eats nothing but kale and cries. I'm okay, sorry, I've seen I've seen Corey Booker like in person. You don't get those gains from vegan whey protein shakes. No, alone. he's jacked. That man likes steak. Yes. And I will fight to the my dying breath going down saying that man likes steak. Dude, what obviously his presidential campaign went nowhere. But what would have helped him win Iowa? Okay, do you think people are a bunch of male feminists in Iowa? No, man. They're a bunch of farmers, a bunch of corn fed Midwestern boys who shoot deer and get in bar fights. Okay? So what would have helped his presidential campaign? Being the ambiguously gay like a feminine kale eating vagina hat wearing male feminist or being Cory Booker, the legitimate badass athlete. I, I mean, I, I, I can separate, I, I've lived in the swamp long enough to separate the politics from the person. And like, I actually think like on a genuine level, I could get along with Cory Booker. I think he's made some very bad moral decisions. I think going after Brett Kavanaugh was disgusting. Oh, yeah. I hate Jeff Sessions, but the way that he went after Jeff Sessions when Jeff Sessions was being confirmed as attorney general several years ago 
calling him a Klansman, all this stuff was disgusting. But like Cory Booker is a bros bro. He's a gym dude. And like me, he's a big comic book nerd. Like he's married to the queen of comic nerddom right now. I'm, I'm sorry. He's engaged to her. And it's like, dude, you have actual redeeming qualities as a person. Yes. I don't get you. And I, I mean, every every person, even people on the left who are authentically themselves, I, I really respect them. Kirsten Cinema, the senator from Arizona, she knows she's hot. She embraces it. <laughs> yes. I respect her. Yes. Uh, Joe so Manchin. Yeah, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin does. Joe, Joe Manchin receives like no funds from the DNC whenever he runs for re-election. He doesn't need he, it. Yeah, like he is. He is basically like the sage of West Virginia. Yeah, he does not need anybody else. And he owns that. This is the guy that still talks about, like, how, how he goes out and shot a buck with an AR and stuff. And even though he's come up with stupid gun control laws, like, he's still a man's man. Like, he, I think if they wanted to win, especially all the all the manufacturing Rust Belt states, like, they would have ran Joe Manchin. Oh, yeah. I but mean, if, no, they, if they, they ran they Joe... If they ran Joe Manchin, Trump would be toast. But, like, I, I have a good friend who knows Joe Manchin, was at a party with him a couple years ago, and uh, um, it was it was right after Trump called Haiti a shithole country. <laughs> and uh, and my buddy asked uh, Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, what he thought about that, and he was like, yeah, he's right, but the real shithole is the United States Senate. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like a real dude. But, like, that's the thing. Like, why, like... Democrats, like, there are. I, ex- I, would rather, I would rather hang out with Joe Manchin than most other Republican senators. Like oh, absolutely. Marco Rubio, I would not hang out with Marco Rubio. I wouldn't hang out with a lot of people that I quote uh, like or respect. I'd hang out with Joe Manchin. But like Joe Manchin's likable because he embraces who he is and he doesn't lie about who he is. Cory Booker, like all the normal and interesting things about Cory Booker, he pretends aren't real. <laughs> He's the ultimate Darth Vader. Like, he had to completely destroy himself to become something that even he probably hates. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude. I remember watching this guy on the Ellen show when he was the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, and he's freaking breakdancing to run DMC. Yes. Like, that's cool. Yes. It makes no sense. Yeah. The, 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 the hoops they have to jump through to maintain their, like, leftist street cred is just hilarious and counterproductive. And it, it, it's, it's, it's ultimate just conversion. Yes. <laughs> All right, man, I'm out of time, so I got to let you go. But before we let you go, Remzo, uh, where can everybody follow you online? Uh, where can everybody order your books, which I highly recommend, and, and keep in touch with you and all that good stuff? Gracias. You can find me everywhere that is the internet. Al Gore's amazing invention, at Hey Remso, <laughs> H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O. And you can grab my books, Stay Away from the Libertarians, and my newest novel, How Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship, wherever books are sold, Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. Brady, thanks again, man. Absolutely. Everybody follow Remzo. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks!